Okay. Okay, if I can have your attention. Hope you're enjoying your morning with us so far. And it's so great to have you with us. We're going to be looking at the Word of God together now. So maybe you want to turn in a Bible to Luke chapter 6. It would be good to do so. So please do, if you have a Bible, of course. And there are Bibles on the side if you would like to get one. But Luke chapter 6, we're continuing in our series in the Gospel of Luke. And Jonathan is going to come and read our text this morning. Let's welcome Jonathan. That was, that was half-hearted, guys. Go back there, Jonathan, and come back. Welcome Jonathan this morning. It takes courage, doesn't it, to stand up the front here. He's going to read and pray for us, aren't you, Jonathan? Yes. yes. Um, so uh, we're reading from Luke chapter 6, uh, verses 43 all the way to 45. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the love that is poured out onto us, Lord. We pray that you give us the wisdom to not just understand your word, but also to put it into practice, O Lord. We pray that we be able to be the good tree and bear good fruit, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. So last week, if you remember, we were looking at, we've been looking at Luke chapter 6 for a while, and he's been talking to us, Jesus is talking to us through his word, about how we are to live. And if you remember last week, we looked at some really challenging words, didn't we? About turning the other cheek. Do you remember that? How if your enemy strikes you, you turn your cheek. And again, I'm not going to explain all these things this week, but he's calling us, and he's talking about being generous to people who aren't worthy of our generosity, how we're to be like Christ. Because he says, everybody, even bad people and evil people, can be good to those who they love, their families and people who are good to them. But Christians are called to be like Christ and to love those who aren't worthy of our love for various reasons. And he calls them enemies. And enemies just means people who are against us or people who are not part of the family of God. And so it's quite a broad idea, not just those who hate us, as it were. But it's a broad idea, those people who are outside of faith. And he's calling us to this super high bar- you know, ceiling of love. And I don't know how you felt challenged by that. I don't know how that's affected you this week. I know it's affected me. I know I've made some decisions this week about certain things and I've responded in different ways because I've been looking at this word and the Holy Spirit's been changing me and I hope he's been changing all of us because the point is the Holy Spirit works through his word to bring transformation. And we need to listen to the Holy Spirit working in our consciences. Yes, Lord, I'm not going to respond that way anymore. 
I'm not going to respond evil for evil anymore. I'm not going to respond insult for insult anymore. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to seek to be like Christ. That's how we're called to be. And we saw we've all failed, but he gives us forgiveness in Christ. But then he gives us his spirit to become like him. So we see this idea, we're called to this high calling of love. This is, it's just so magnificent, like Christ and he sums it up in this, doesn't he? In Luke 6, 31. Do to others as you would have them do to you. What a calling, hey? What a challenge to all of us. How are we doing in the church? Are we doing to each other as we would have them do to us? How about to our families and friends, our workplaces, at school? College, are you doing to others as you would want them to do to you? Because as you do so, you show Christ. You show what he's like. You show him who's the one who is gracious to sinners like us. So we saw that. And now, we sit, as we saw and heard from Jonathan, he talks about a tree bearing fruit. Good tree bears good fruit. Bad tree bears bad fruit. You can tell a tree whether it's good or bad by the fruit it bears. He brings in this agricultural illustration. Why does he do that? Well, it's interesting to note, notice, has any of you got the ESV version of the Bible in front of you? Yes? What's the first word of our section today? Four. Not the number, four. So just read those first few words. For no good tree. Your NIV, if you've got an NIV, doesn't say that, does it? It just says no good tree. So it misses the link. For no good tree bears bad fruit. No bad tree bears good fruit. So you see, he's linking the two things together. And what he's saying to us is this. Is that what I've just been saying about love and do to others as I would have them do to you. I'm going to illustrate it to you now that it's fruit. The things I've just been saying are fruit in our lives by the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. And my lesson today is this. A true Christian is like a tree that will bear the fruit of the Spirit by nature and by choice. Let's, say, let's hear that again. A true Christian, a true Christian, is like a tree that will bear the fruit of the Spirit. That's love and all the stuff we've been looking at. By nature and by choice. By nature and by choice. So firstly, it's by nature. A Christian bears fruit by nature. I don't know if you are looking forward to putting up your Christmas tree this year. And uh, do you put a Christmas tree up? Yeah, it tends to be culturally... Sorry? Susanna's already done it. And you know, some people don't like it. They see it as, you know... But I think it's a great, a great tradition. And I, I think see it, you know, when you put the lights on it, I think I encourage you, just think of it as 
light in a dark place. Think of it as like this is about the light that we have in Christ in a dark place rather than some other kind of way of thinking about it. I think that's a, how we should see the Christmas tree. And it's just a great tradition. It's, it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. But of course I respect you if you don't want to do that. But I want to talk about a Christmas tree, right? We always have this um, argument in our household, don't we? Is it an artificial tree or is it a fake tree? Would you use the word, when it's not a real tree, would you call it fake or artificial? Right, hands up for artificial. Hands up for fake. That's about equal. I think I won though, Samuel. I think the use, of, the use of language would be artificial. I think that's the right word. We've been having this argument for years, haven't we, Samuel? And they, they just keep bringing it up because they know it winds me up, you see. This is the thing. You know that's what kids do, isn't it? Um, they prod me, you know. It's, it's a fake tree. We're getting the fake tree out again. Um, a Christmas tree, though is decorated. It doesn't matter if it's a real one, real as in, you know, or, or, or an artificial one. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, its needles on the artificial one are, are, are stuck on with glue and stuff. And what will happen with the um, real one is because it's not alive anymore, because you've cut it off from its roots, all the needles will fall off. But think about, does it bear fruit? Does it bear pine cones in the case of a fir tree? No, it doesn't, does it? If you left your, uh, your tree in its pot till next Christmas, maybe watering it. I mean, the artificial one wouldn't go down too well. Be careful if it's got, you know, collected to the mains with your plug, you know. But, you know, it wouldn't bear fruit. It's a dead tree. It's lights. All of its glory are artificial. However, we know, don't we? An apple tree, pear tree, a conifer tree, a, a fir tree will bear a fruit, bear good fruit, if, because it's alive. And this is how we are to see Christianity. You see the difference, don't you, between living and dead? There's a massive difference between religion and being born again of the Holy Spirit. That's, you know, we can be religious and we go to a religious place, we sing some songs, but it's not inside. In other words, the Holy Spirit's not living in you. You're not born again. Jesus says you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. Of God. Now, these are different metaphors and illustrations and analogies. You can be born again, but also you need to become a living tree. Different ways of saying the same thing. And you can know if one is someone is a Christian by the fruit. The fruit. A Christian bears fruit by nature. By nature. Because you've received Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you and you begin to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we've been looking at in our text. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the idea is, is that when you become a Christian, 
you become attached to Jesus Christ like a branch being attached to a tree, grafted in, and the sap goes into that branch. Like us, the sap is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is in each of us. This is the church. What is the church? The church is the people in whom dwells the Holy Spirit, not the building, which is so far from the reality of what Christianity is. If we think of the church as a building, we are so missing it. You are the church if you've connect, you're connected to Christ through faith. You're saying, Jesus Christ, you're my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me. You died for my sin. And in so doing, you are also born again. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. By their fruits, you will recognize them. How do we know what a Christian is like? Jesus says it here. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Bear in mind the context. Whenever you read the Bible, think, what, what, what's, what's the author saying? Who's he speaking to? And remember, he's writing in the context of the Jewish culture at the time. And in the background, so he's in this sermon on the plain. It's like this. They're sat down. He, he will be sat down. A, a Jewish teacher would be sat down talking to the disciples who would also be sat down. And there's many of them. But around the edges, there are religious teachers who hate Jesus, as we've seen through Luke. They hate him. They hate him because he's popular. They hate him because he is challenging their religiosity. And so what he's saying to the people is, by their fruit you will recognize them. And these leaders are out there who think they're the bee's knees, right? They think they're the best thing ever. They think they know God better than everybody else. But they have hatred in their heart, you see. They don't have love in their heart for the people or for Jesus. They have, they have selfishness in their heart. The people should serve them. The people should honor them. And Jesus is just, who's Jesus? Nothing. He's their promised Messiah. And, they were, and this is not true for all of them, of course. But there's a good majority. So this is what Jesus, bear, bear that in mind. He's got those people in mind. When he talks about you will know a tree by its fruit. And have you noticed these religious leaders, what's the fruit in their lives? lives? Oh, it's greed, it's hate, pomposity, religiosity, look at me. All outward show, but no inner heart transformation. And it's true for all of us, friends. Jesus wants to change our heart. And this is a challenge to all of us. Has Jesus come into your life? Has he changed your heart? Do you now love people? And do you now love God? And specifically, do you love Jesus? It's a challenge to us. Are we... What's the fruit that we're bearing in our lives? By their fruit, you will recognize them. Jesus says in Matthew, he says a bit more around this. He says, watch out. Watch out. And I leave it with you, because remember he says about, do not judge last week and all that? Well, he says here, watch out for false prophets. So there needs to be some judgment and some discernment 
You see? So you, you, I can leave you to work out that contrast. But anyway, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. I remember when I was in, um, I've, we've got some friends up in Lancashire who, who have a farm. And um, they, they, they do sheep farming. And I remember going into a, a barn and there was this little lamb. And I was so amazed. This lamb was sewn into an, another lamb's coat. Have you ever seen that? Have you seen it? Have you ever, do you ever think that would happen? Is that something you ever thought? Do you know why they do it? They do it because if a lamb, if their parent dies, then you need another mother to take on that lamb. And if that mother, which there will be, has got a lamb that's died, you take that lamb's coat, you put it on this lamb, and the mother accepts it. Interesting, isn't it? But it's incredible, sewn in, this stitching all around this, this coat, this lamb within a lamb. It's an incredible um, illustration, isn't it, for the gospel? But um, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Ah, there you are. Lambs in lambs' clothing, wolves in sheep's clothing, I guess I'm saying. You know, you could do, see it as some sort of um, Brothers Grimm's kind of uh, uh, thing, could you? A, a wolf sewn into a lamb's kind of thing. And that's the idea. So again, it's another metaphor, isn't it? Jesus uses a lot of these ideas. Now you're saying, are you a wolf or are you a sheep? Are you a living tree or a dead tree? You know, these wonderful metaphors that kind of say the same thing. Are you, he says, watch out then for wolves in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And can I just say, just in passing, I, I do want to say this to you. There are wicked people in this world. Like, there are some really evil and wicked people. Be wise. Just be wise, friends, all right? Be wise in how you live, right? Be wise. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes, figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. He's talking about hell. Judgment. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. False Christians and false leaders, which I think he's particularly got in mind here, as I mentioned to you about those religious leaders. False Christians, but false leaders, false prophets, will be recognized by their fruit. And we could, we could just list those off, couldn't we? Sexual immorality, greed, we, Christian leaders, you know, there's many Christian leaders, you would know, who are just greedy. They use religion as a cover for taking your money away. Now, I encourage you, of course, be generous and give, of course. But I trust that none of you have ever felt, and I'm very open to being challenged by any of our leadership, coerced or made to feel guilty and, you know, taking your money away. And if, we, if you feel that way, please do talk to us or talk to the trustees. We are accountable to you. But false prophets take 
They want your money. They want you. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Jesus speaks of, it's the fruit that's like their signature, isn't it? This is their signature. This is what they are like. Good and bad people. He says here, a good man, of course a good woman is inferred, brings good things out of of their heart. An evil person brings evil things out of their heart. Often this is speech. It says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So often it's about speech, what they speak, what we speak about. So I've said here, a Christian, a true Christian, bears the fruit of the Spirit by nature. Secondly, but also by choice. Christians, we need to make good choices about how, what we allow into our hearts what we allow into our minds. Because yes, if you're a Christian this morning, you are going to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But it's also a, a scriptural teaching that you can be influenced for, for better or for worse. Can't you? You can bear more. You know, you, if you give your mind to, to, to things that are evil or, or just um, distracting or create fear in you, and this full of, I mean, there's no end to it, is there? You just have to go on YouTube, don't you? F- few minutes, and you'll be, f- you know, you, your mind can be filled with very negative fear, fear mongering, and hate mongering as well. And so we have to be careful what we give our minds to. A good man, let me just say this again: a good man or good woman brings the good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person brings, the, brings evil out of the evil stored in their heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So an evil person stores what is evil, and evil comes out. And what we desire to store reveals, whether we're Christians or not, but it also reveals the health, our health. Do we want to store what is evil? And what do I mean by that? Do we open the gates of our, the, 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 what are the gates? The gates of the eyes, the gates of the mouth, what you eat and drink and so on, the gates of the ears. But the most powerful are the gates of the eyes and the gates of the ears, aren't they? What do we store in our hearts? What do we want to store? Let me bring to you one one very massive issue in our culture. And if you're visiting this morning, this is quite heavy, I appreciate that. But it's important. The growth of internet porn. And not just internet porn, porn everywhere. This is just one example of how we store evil in us. So, for example, in John Norton, this is from four years ago now, Apparently, internet porn is work as a business that no one knows completely makes about 15 billion US dollars. That is bigger than Netflix and the whole of Hollywood, the Hollywood industry. That's massive, isn't it? And he says about this, so, so let me go, go on. Um, 
by country, the US is the highest um, user of internet porn, followed by the UK. This will affect many, maybe a good number of you in this room. It's important that you hear Jesus on this because he wants you to come out of this and stop storing what is evil and to bear good fruit and joy and peace in your life because this stuff is going to cause you to bear bad fruit and, and it does you harm and Jesus loves you. So followed by the UK, followed by India, Japan, Canada, France and finally Germany. The average duration visit to an internet porn site is 10 minutes and 13 seconds. You'd be interested to know. And the most popular day is Sunday. Sunday. And he says this. What does it all mean? It's difficult to say. But for me, and this is, I think he's a non-Christian. For me, the main takeaway is the simple question. If the porn industry is as huge as it is, what does this say about human nature? Are we storing what is evil? Or are we storing what is good? Jesus wants us to store what is good. Good people store what is good. And we need to do this diligently. Diligently store what is good. Make good choices. To use our eyes and our mouth and our ears on what is good. If we're fearful, full of lust and full of hate, and you know, even Christians can have this to a, you know, it's not that we're perfect at all, Christians. It's likely the reason why we feel this way is a lot of it's to do with what we're storing. Let's give our minds and hearts to what is good and you will have more fruit of joy and health and peace. This is what Psalm 1, 1 to 3 says. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. His or her delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water who yields its fruit in season. Whatever they do prospers. Can we do that? Let's, can we store, are we going to store what is good in our lives? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. What is, what's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Do you not, is that not good for, do you not want to bear more of that fruit? I do. But Paul says to us, it's not just automatic, I, I said, we are going to bear that fruit if we're Christians, it's by nature, but he also says, keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, store on purpose. Do Store in your heart good things on purpose. Let's not be just passive about it. So a true, true Christian then, as we said today, is a, a good, a tr bears the fruit of the Spirit by nature, but also by choice. 
Firstly, I want to ask you this simple question as we finish. What, have you been born again of the Holy Spirit? Have you received Jesus Christ? Is the Spirit of God living in you? Have you been transformed? Do you know, yes, I'm filled. I love God. I want to serve God. I, want, I love people. I know I'm failing. I know I make mistakes. I know I'm, I know I'm not perfect. But even that is a fruit of the Spirit, you see. But it, being poor in spirit and knowing you failed and asking for forgiveness is, a, is also a good fruit. Isn't it? Yeah? Yeah, it's a good fruit to know, you, you, to know you're failing and seeking God for forgiveness. That's a great fruit. To think you've achieved it all is, is arrogance, isn't it? So do you, have you been born again? I remember I got born again, 1991. My life was turned upside down transformed in so many ways completely changed I remember the night I became a Christian I went to a nightclub you know because that's what you know I, it takes time I'm not saying it was wrong to go to a nightclub but I tell you now they are, they are places of temptation and uh, I, but, but what I went there, and I, was, I just went around sharing the gospel with people. Seriously, I went around talking to people about how I, you know, the people, I kind of knew quite a lot of people, and I was talking to them, oh, I've met Jesus. It's like, that's, for example, how the Holy Spirit changed me. And I was also had lots of faults as well. But he was bearing more and more fruit in me. And I remember making, you know, I, I, I started to read his word. I started to pray, to store. I went to church, listened to teaching. That's all storing. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to fill me each day. Again, that's storing what is good. Are we storing? Have you been born, sorry, rather. Have you, have you been born again? And if you haven't, come to Jesus today. Be prayed for today. You'll have an opportunity today to be prayed for. Secondly, are you making good choices to store good things? Are you making good choices? Are you giving your mind to what is good, helpful, noble, excellent, praiseworthy, encouraging purity in you? Seriously, guys, what are you doing? Are you storing what's good? Because you will bear fruit according to what you store. That's the promise. You reap what you sow. Are we sowing good into our own hearts? Well done for making it to church this morning. But as you go home through this week, how will you store what is good? By getting into God's word, by prayer. Asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to finish with just this thing. I'm going to ask the guys from the conference to come up the front. We had a leadership conference this week. Not, well, the, yeah, and the band as well. You might as well come up as well. And, um, oh, perhaps you should just stand along the front. Here we are. And, um, Sandra, could you just get that microphone, please? And just, I'll turn it on for you. Um, one of the important ways that we store what is good in the heart is by asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We bear the fruit of the Spirit by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we want to get into God's Word, His Bible, 
But if you remember our vision, it said spend time every day in prayer and worship out of the Bible and asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I trust you all. I gave you all a handout. But anyway, I've told you again. So asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I try and do this every morning. Lord, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. I did it this morning as I came here. Please give me fruit, Holy Spirit, this morning. And as you go into your workplaces this week, asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As you go to school this week, asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So these guys are going to share something from the conference of, which was about the Holy Spirit. Something they've learned that they'd like to encourage you about. Then You don't all have to share, of course. But if you want to share... Just take the microphone. Lucy, you're going to begin. Um, when we were worshipping in one of the very long worship sessions, um, I was, my soul was kind of crying out like, I don't even remember what it was about. But I was like, God, where are you? Like, where are you in this, whatever the situation was? And then it really came to me that I was asking the wrong question. It's not, God, where are you? It's, where are we? And it was very much a we, like, where are we, the church? If we're not coming to Jesus daily, if we're not coming to church, if we're not feeding ourselves with the right things, what are we doing? Where, where have we gone? And what can we do to change that now? So actually the question is, can we, you know, can we start putting the right things in, as you have said? Wonderful. So for me, it's the first time I've been to um, a conference as big as this, particularly a leadership one. And um, so on a wider level, it impressed me that the... Um, that the churches coming together, the planting of all of the churches for new ground, how they were sharing, how they were energizing each other and building each other up, giving advice, and a real encouragement and a will to spread God's word. And it put being in CCP really into a context because I hadn't seen us actually really fitting into that wide picture before but being present with all of these people in all the different churches spread around the world and their passion for spreading um, the Lord's word and, word and saving souls was so inspiring. And it was, um, there was absolute spirit filled within the services I attended. And so everybody together, the Holy Spirit was present. The actual presence was very, very strong. And within that, on an individual level too, people were being healed and praying, growing closer together. There was so much love in each of the, the uh, services. And also within the one of the only one I went to that was about healing, so many people stood up and had needs for healing. And every single one of us does inside. And we need the Lord. We need to pray and pray for each other for the healing. And many people were saying that they were healed and that had been healing. One woman I prayed for had a, a thumb that was completely like this and she couldn't, she couldn't move it and had asked for prayer. And I, I did, people were asking for prayer. I did put my hands on her and I prayed and prayed. And the next day when I went, I saw her and I went to her and I just said, how's your hand? And her thumb was straight. No, and I thought, wow. <laughs> and then when I said, oh, well, that's amazing. I, I believe in it all healing 100%. I absolutely do. And we've had, all of us have had so much prayer, which has benefited us all. But then when I said, does it occasionally straighten anyway? 
because I, was, I just wanted to check. And she said, sometimes. I thought, oh, right, okay then. But anyway, I believe it still doesn't take away from the power of healing and prayer. And I had a lot of prayer. We all did. But what happened was it was energizing, inspiring, a renewed, a renewed hope. And I really recommend going to, whether it's a conference like this, or any other religious um, gatherings, because they, it really does just give an absolute boost. And that's what it did. And um, thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Okay. Maybe you could go to the end. Yes, we remember what you say. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, it was a really um, inspiring time together. Um, during the conference, there was a really heavy focus on young people and the younger generations, um, in particular Gen Z and Gen Alpha. And we heard a lot of stats about these generations. Um, we know that they are you know, more socially mobile, they have more access to so much technology, um, they have more opportunities than many of us did when we were their age but they are also generations that are incredibly lonely. They are isolated. They are under so much societal pressures. Um, they are struggling so much with their mental health um, to unprecedented levels. And they are also generations that are so much more open to spirituality and something bigger than themselves but for a lot of them that's not Jesus and that's not God and we in this church are so blessed to be such a multi-generational um, church people of all ages and Dave Holden was speaking and he was saying that we all have a calling to action to reach the hearts and minds of young people it's not for just those who have young kids it's not just for those who work in youth and kids ministry it's for every single one of us God is calling us to reach the minds and hearts of young people because these are generations that are yearning and longing for saving um, but they're just looking to, to other things and you know, I was really burdened by all these stats, but then I just thought, what a wonderful opportunity that we have as God's children to reach all these people. And you don't even have to be able to relate to them or have things in common with them. We just need to show them that we care. Um, we need to love them the way Jesus loved them. We just need to um, have taken interest, you know. We need to let them know that we see them, that we hear them. Um, and we are so blessed to have so many amazing young people even within our church. So it's like, why not start within the walls of our own house? Um, and I just thought along those few days, it was so encouraging, but also challenging for each one of us, no matter how old we are, um, to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Are we taking up that call to action that God has placed upon all of us? Um, and he can use every single one of us to do that through his Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I thought that was... I mean, it's all been said, and I know that you might want to say something, but for myself, um, I, I was struggling with fear. You know, sometimes you see us at the front speaking. I speak quite often. I'm quite conscious of that, so I try not to. But um, we all struggle with different things, and um, in my childhood, I was so fearful just because of lots of things, people coming in and stuff. And I didn't realize when they were speaking about fear, I was just standing there. I ain't got no fear. I'm fine, you know. But, you know, God is so good. And I was saying to Sandra, I went to 
somebody prayed for me. They just came over and prayed for fear. And I was thinking, what are you talking about? And I went to bed and then I realized I was still fearful of turning off the light. You know, I've forgotten that I've been struggling with this at night. I'm to sleep for six months. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to turn it off. I turned off the light and then I felt a little bit nervous. I turned it back back on but I was so tired I just switched it off and it was only in the morning that I realized wait a minute God you've you freed me from he had already freed me from it but sometimes we things creep back in and you're not aware that it creeps back in because you're so busy with life and the second thing I wanted to just say as well you know we've got giftings all of us and one thing what was evident was that we have to exercise it you know you know we make mistakes I remember once there was a prayer meeting and Jem was saying, and someone got a word of interpretation, and God was speaking to me, so I thought, yeah, I've got this word, you know, so I said it, but it wasn't a word of interpretation, it was a word of knowledge, I got confused, and I really did feel exposed and naked, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, but it's not about that, it's about stepping out in your community groups, maybe in a smaller group, and saying what you think, or practicing what you need to, and lastly, God just really highlighted what my gifts were, Vivian and I and a few of us had similar experiences, and Matt, I didn't tell you, when they were speaking about something, and they were saying people could come up, and I thought, oh, no, I don't want to go up. Not because it was a large group, I think I just didn't want to go up. But one thing that I saw was um, just like an army of people. You know, God is raising us up to be an army. We need to stand on, on God's word. We are an army out there for the people who are lost. And God just reminded me of all my giftings. And I don't know about anybody else, but I intend to be exercising my giftings. I'm not going to sit on them. They're gifts and we're to use them, not for ourselves, but for the lost, for those in our families, for those in the church. So yes, I think we all feel energized and refreshed by what happened, what we experienced over the last few days. Kervin, and then we'll finish with Deborah, if that's all right. Yeah, oh, Debbie. Okay, okay, I've got a mini sermon for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm only joking. All right. But <laughs> I do have to write things down, otherwise, and now I've left my glasses. But anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, the thing that really settled in my heart was similar to what uh, Sandra was sharing about this whole generational thing. And I think it impacted me so much because my father was a pastor and his sole mission seemed to be that we would all be saved. And he was so passionate about this. And it was that whole idea when one of the speakers was talking about transition and succession and passing on the baton from one generation to another. And it was challenging to think that actually we have to do this and sometimes we say we're waiting on God but God is actually waiting on us to use what he's put within us and share that otherwise the next generation will not know if we are not willing to open our mouths and actually share the goodness of God and what he's done in our lives how will they know how will they have anything to pass on and she said so well this speaker that there's an example in the Bible of what actually did happen when the baton wasn't passed on and they were given over to evil and worshipping false gods. And my heart, I just said, oh God, help me. Help me to really be willing to exercise the giftings that you've given me. And even this morning when I woke up, I said, I'm stepping out. 
I am going to step out. I don't care if I make mistakes, but I am going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to pray for those to be healed. If it doesn't work the first time, I'm going to go back in and I'm going to pray again because I want to see a demonstration of God's power. And I know that at this conference, there was such an outpouring of his spirit within each one of us. None of us left there the same. And I am excited. I am encouraged. I'm challenged to see what God is going to do. Because it only takes a few to turn this nation upside down. People that are filled with the Holy Spirit can bring transformation, can bring change. I feel a pre right, I'll try and keep this very brief. So three quick things. Are we thirsty? Yeah? If we're going to experience the Holy Spirit, we need to be thirsty. We need to be expectant, okay? We can't just rely on, oh, a year ago I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and I was feeling it was amazing. We can't just rely on that. We need to be receiving and expectant regularly. Is there anything holding us back? Someone shared a word, a picture of us all being, you know, we're in the army of God. Um, the armor of God, all the parts of the armor are passive except for the sword of the spirit, yeah? And this person had a picture of everyone holding a fiery sword. And then I, I felt God reminds me of that part in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, even the book or the TV series, don't judge me, I can't remember which one, where Edmund, who is a character who, you know, he's, has, he's struggled, yeah? He's been lured in by the white witch. But in, in the battle at the end, he takes his sword and he smashes up the white witch's wand, the wand she uses to turn people to stone, right? And I felt God, like, I had a picture of myself smashing. I, fear, I, I suffer with fatigue sometimes, and I felt like God was telling me to smash that fear of fatigue that holds me back from maybe stepping into things that God has for me, maybe spending more time with him, whatever it may be. And I really felt like God wanted me to bring that today because other people here might have things that is holding them back. The fear that Brenda was sharing with that is holding us back. So God might be calling you this morning to smash whatever that is that's come to your mind. Final thing. Someone shared a picture in one of the seminars of a big bag of unopened presents, unopened gifts. Have you got an unopened gift here? Young people especially, this one's for you. I feel like maybe some of you have been given a gift but you haven't yet opened it, or you haven't yet had the, um, the faith to just step out into it. So anyone here who feels like that, please pray about it this morning. And also, talking about all these things about young people, if you don't know our young people, why don't you offer to pray with one of them later, maybe about one of these things? Great. Carol, you had a couple of... Yes. Yeah, I just think I have, I have, there's so much sadness in the world, but I feel don't worry use God's planning, not your own. As I headed back towards the station on um, son Saturday, I didn't look at the time of the train or anything, but I just arrived at the station as the train was arriving. So it's to trust in God's planning more than our own. Brilliant. Thank you. So I want you to see these are sharing good things. Encour was it encouraging what you heard? Yeah? We, you know, we live in a world full of gossip. and blah, 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 blah. This, is all, this is the sort of stuff that should be coming out of all of us. The good stored in your heart comes out in how you speak. 
And the, way, the reason why they're saying this is because they've been in God's presence. And yes, come to a conference, but you can meet God at home on your own. You can meet God here. You can meet God in your community group. You can meet God at the prayer meeting later. Let's stand together. We're going to worship, meet God, and then I'm going to make space at the end to pray. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh, I'm going to invite you at the end to come forward to pray. And those guys who went to the conference are going to pray for you. Is that all right? If you are thirsty for the Holy Spirit's presence, come forward later. But we're going to sing a song first.